benediction or the inviting of the Holy Spirit should be at the beginning of the service. So if you would turn to hymn 165, we will sing this and we will be standing and afterwards I'll bring the invocation. Our kind Father in the heaven, we invite thy holy presence here into this sanctuary built and dedicated to you. May your words that are preached to us today be following the instructions given to us by the scripture. May it shore us up and give us strength, refresh our minds, refresh our bodies, that you might receive the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. an offering basket in the foyer and I know sometimes I forget all about the offering because the plate hasn't been passed but the basket is in the foyer and by it there are remnant church doctrine covenants the uh, cost is $15 
And Bud Lightfoot is not here today, but his remnant church membership and priesthood have been official. You can welcome him now as a member. He holds the office of priest, and he doesn't know it yet, but I have heard from our pastor that he will be bringing the sacrament message next month. So we can all get ready for that. And if you've heard his prayers and his testimonies on Wednesday night, you know he's going to be a good speaker just by what he says. So I'm looking very forward to that. And Ethan Hampy, he may not be a member, but he has been into this building many times, and he is graduating this year. Uh, he had his prom Friday night, and being that some of my suits have gotten too small, I loaned him one of them so he could look handsome. If a inhabitant of another world landed here somehow on the earth, and they did not know our language, and they would learn by watching our actions and, and by all the signs that they would see, they would see that Christmas was about someone named Santa Claus or a man in a red suit, that it was about snowmen and elves, and they would see that Easter is all about a rabbit that gives out colored eggs. Isn't that all that we see? And then it's called Easter. It's not called the resurrection. I would welcome you today to the resurrection Sunday service. got two scripture readings this morning. First is 1 Corinthians, starting with chapter 15, verse 3. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he arose again the third day according to the scriptures. And that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that, he was seen of about five hundred brethren all at once. Of whom the greater part remaineth unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me. Therefore, whether it were I or they, <laughs> So we preach, and so ye believe. And from 1 Peter chapter 1, 3 and 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you.
Happy Easter. Is this a great day or what? <clears throat> I don't care if you come to church every Sunday of the year or only once or twice a year. Everybody feels a need to come to, uh, to Easter because that was the whole message of Jesus, coming to me. And I think everybody feels a need to come and worship our risen Jesus because he came for each one of us. Even if just one of us would have been alive during the time he came, he would have come. He would have sacrificed his, his own life, and he did for each one of us. That's humbling. Three words, only three words is all it takes to describe the week that Jesus went through when he was here on earth for the last three days. Death, burial, and the most important, resurrection. That changed the course of human history, didn't it? What do you think was going through the minds of, of his disciples? Now, throughout this brief talk this morning, I want you to not only think what was going through their mind, but the message to us. What these events and what the words of the angels mean to us today. Because everything that Jesus said or the scriptures directly from God or an angel not only answered the situation, the question of the situation that it was given in, but it's much deeper than that. It's a message to us today, every day of our life. <clears throat> and I'll go over a couple of those things, and I want you to think not just what were his followers thinking, but what it means to us. You know the disciples had to have felt abandoned by God because they had attached everything in their life to Jesus, and now he was gone. Their hopes, their dreams, their desire, even their purpose for living died along with Jesus. Have you ever felt that God has abandoned you? But just because we might feel a certain way doesn't mean it's, it's actually real. Because we can feel bad in situations and have doubt and fears, but it doesn't mean we should doesn't mean they're justified. It just means our feelings are deceiving us. <clears throat> That's what happened Friday. The shock of the crucifixion, it had to have really hit them. They would have had to have felt abandoned because Jesus had just been crucified. crucified. So they were dealing Friday with the shock of the crucifixion. But on th 
Think about Saturday. What would your thoughts have been Saturday? Well, it would have been setting in in your mind the reality of what happened. It was over. Everything you believed in and hung your life on was dead and laying in that tomb. <clears throat> Their hopes had died along with Jesus. Now some are living in the Saturday of their life. Maybe their <clears throat> business is in trouble. Maybe their marriage is in trouble. Or they're having family issues that are hard to deal with sometimes. <clears throat> and maybe some people's hopes have been lost because of the experiences, maybe a death in the family that they go through. But it's their feelings. All is not lost because today is Sunday. Everything changed on Sunday and everything can change in our life if we allow the risen Savior to be foremost in our life too, if we experience his resurrection in our own life every day of our life. And in Luke 24, now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women came to the sepulcher bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. Now, the spices would have kept the, uh, the odor from a decaying body uh, from being overwhelming. They took the spices anticipating to find a dead body. <coughs> that gives us a little uh, view into their expectations. But man's expectations are not always correct. They were expecting to find a lifeless body to anoint with the spices that would, to find a body that would remain in that tomb forever. Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Mary, the mother of James and John, found this, and said there were others too, but it doesn't mention them, found the stone had been rolled away from the tomb. Well, that was their first expectation that didn't come true. When they entered the tomb, they didn't find Jesus' body, and that was their second expectation that didn't come through. We should all be grateful that our expect expectations don't always come true. Sometimes we really want something and desire something and even pray for something. It doesn't happen. But what happens in place of our expectations or desires or something so much greater that God sees fit to bless us with. 
So many times I'm glad that my expectations don't come true because it's always something better from the Lord. While they were still at the tomb, they saw two angels standing nearby in shining clothes. They were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth. But, be, but behold, the angel said to them, and here's the theme of my talk this morning, why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he, <clears throat> how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again and then they remembered his words <clears throat> today let's consider that one question why do we look for the living among the dead why do we seek life in things that can't give life? Why do we put our hopes and trust and confidence and expectations in things that will only disappoint us? Why do we look for the living among the dead? And we all seek for things like value in our lives, self-worth, Acceptance, we all want to be accepted. We all want to have a purpose in our life. And we want to have hope. Everyone desires these, these things. When you're young, you probably want things like look for value in your life, maybe through sports or grades or hanging out with in the right crowd. Uh, or wanting a car, the right car, or just things that you can have. But when you're older, you might seek for things like wealth, fame, status, joining the right clubs, or wearing the right clothes. And if we seek success in worldly things, we'll always be disappointed and have lived, lived a wasted life. We'll be searching for things that cannot produce life. We will end up hurt and depressed. Now, we don't know a lot about Mary Magdalene, but what the scriptures do say is that she was from a wealthy family from the uh, city of Magdala near the Sea of Galilee. And before she met uh, Jesus, she had a lot of issues. Her life was out of control. Now, the scriptures don't say what her sins were, but when she met Jesus, he cast out seven demon, uh, seven devils. And... Thanks to Pat, we know that seven in the Bible means complete. So she must have been a complete mess. 
she did have um, addictions of, of some sort, but Jesus didn't, <coughs> didn't reject her. He touched her and he healed her. When she met Jesus, she experienced freedom. Freedom from, from things, from sins that kept her in bondage. Now, sin can bind a person up, but Jesus can break those bindings. Jesus offers freedom from sin. When she came to the tomb, she must have been terrified because her Jesus was dead that cast out those devils from her. She had to have been worried that those devils would have returned. Do we have things in our life that we need to be set free of? Some form of sin or addiction that we need freedom from. Now, the other Mary, the mother of James and John, was also there. She was looking for acceptance. Now, one form of acceptance she was looking for was through her sons. She wanted her sons to sit on the left and right hand of Jesus. When I was uh, coaching Little League, I did have parents and parents on, on our uh, other teams that we would play. They would get so emotionally involved in the game, especially when their son was involved. They were living their life related to their child. And that can be disappointing at times too. Our standard and our identity should be through Jesus Christ. With Jesus having been crucified, where would she get her identity? Probably not through her sons anymore because Jesus was gone. Now there was also Joanna. She was married to Chuza, C-H-U-Z-A. And her husband worked for King Herod as a house steward. Now King Herod was the most despised person in Judea. He was acting like an Orthodox Jew, but behind the scenes he was working for the Romans, and everybody knew it. Joanna didn't fit in in the Herod crowd because they looked, the Jews looked at her as a, as a traitor because she was married to an employee of King Herod. But Jesus accepted her. Even when Herod executed Jesus' cousin, John the Baptist, Jesus didn't reject her. He still accepted her. They were afraid until the angel said, Remember how he spoke when you were yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified? And the third day rise again, and they remembered his words. Their feelings had led them to despair and doubt. 
and fear. But that was just their feelings until they remembered the words of Jesus, they started to have hope again. That can also help us when we go through despair and bad situations. Remember the words of Jesus. Just a few days before, they remembered, the, they heard the words of Jesus at the, at the tomb of Lazarus when Jesus called him back to life. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. So as they ran away from the tomb, I'm sure they were still fearful. They didn't understand everything, but they were filled with joy. They ran, as they were running to the disciples, their expectations changed again. In Matthew 28, and as they went to tell the disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, all hail. We would probably say, rejoice. They found life where the source of life was in Jesus. He alone is what brings hope and value and purpose and peace. Where do we look for these things? Where do we look for life? It should be only Jesus. And how do we find Jesus? Well, Matthew 7, Ask of God, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth, and he that seeketh, findeth. And unto him that knocketh, it shall be opened. It didn't say it may be, it said it shall be. There's a... <laughs> Kay wanted me to tell this story, and it really fits. And I kept telling her, Kay, I'm not going to do it. I like to keep her guessing. <laughs> There's a uh, painting in the Louvre. Now, we've been to the Louvre, but I don't remember this painting. <clears throat> it's uh, it titled, entitled uh, Checkmate, and it's a chessboard with a lot of the uh, pieces still on it. And on one side of the table <coughs> is the devil, and he's looking pretty smug. And then on the other side, his opponent is a man. And he's sitting with his hand like this. He's studying the board, trying to figure out the next move. And there was a, a group led by a, a tour director, and everybody stopped and, and watched it. Um, Supposedly, they were a group of, of athletes, world champion athletes, and as they moved on. There was one man that continued uh, to stand there and, and look at it. And he said, uh, he was there for quite a while, and the tour director noticed that he was 
separated from the crowd, hadn't left that, that painting. And he said, I went back to him and he said, I think it's time to move on. He said, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a world champion chess player and I notice things that other people don't notice. He said, well, it's, uh, it's called checkmate, and there's no other move. move. <coughs> and he said, well, I'm a world-class chess player, and that picture needs to be redone or renamed. He said, what are you talking about? He said, the king has one more move. And isn't that what happened with Jesus? The king had one more move. <clears throat> we all seek for hope and joy and peace and life. Are we seeking it in dead places? Or are we seeking life where it is produced in Jesus Christ, our risen Lord? just so well done. And if I could be so bold to ask, could we just sit here and listen to Pat play our closing song and then Steve, will you dismiss us? Thank you.